Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the Waters Wavelength Podcast. My name is Dan Francesco. I'm the Deputy Editor of Cellside Technology. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Anthony Maliki, and the U.S. Editor of Waters Technology. It's wonderful to be here. Looking very tan, looking very fulfilled yeah. and refreshed. Yeah, I went from 75 degrees with a beautiful breeze on South Beach to come home to this. I'll tell you so. what's worse, being in this and never getting the 72 <laughs> degrees in South you Beach. You were supposed to be down uh, at FI Boca, but it didn't work out for you because of... Uh, the Tuesday storm. So yeah. that's a bummer for you. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> thanks. Thanks. So we've uh, you know last couple of weeks we've had some guests and whatever, but this is just solo, gone OG style. This is just Anthony and I. We know you like this better. Just rapping back and forth about yeah. stuff. Um, and uh, the first topic we're going to discuss, we're going to get to Anthony's trip to Boca, but first we're going to just talk about uh, my feature because I'm selfish and I want to go first mm -hmm. about Shadow IT. Uh, so let's, I'll give you guys first the 30,000, 30,000 foot view. And then Anthony will kind of talk to me, me a little bit about some questions, essentially shadow it. For those of you that don't know, shadow it is essentially it projects run, not directly under the supervision of the technology department. Um, I've been working on this story probably for about six months or a while. Um, and that's not to say that like I've been slaving over this. Honestly, it's been something on the side. I kind of pepper people, you know, at conferences. A good slow burn, you know, like a good burn. stew. A good it's a stew. very slow burn. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where I'll be like, hey, by the way, how do you deal with shadow IT? And I wrote about this in my column. Uh, but basically, uh, when I ask people how do they deal with shadow IT, they tighten up, they get really nervous, and they change the subject very quickly. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, nobody wants to talk about shadow IT. Um, it's just the way it is i uh, have their name attached to it anyway yeah but that being said nobody wants to take talk to it at the c level mm -hmm. the folks that are involved in shadow it especially if it was at a former place oh, yeah. i found that they are more than willing to share their thoughts on shadow it so the way i broke down you know uh, we'll put the link in and you should read the story but the way i broke down it was essentially uh how do you define shadow it because it's not a clear-cut definition um what are the different levels of shadow it what are some examples of shadow it and then what are ways to handle it? Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to rehash the entire story. Maybe it'll be better, you know, Anthony. Well, I think I, to jump in, I think that uh, one, of the, one of the key takeaways, one of the more important um, quotes from it was, uh, was somebody. Uh, um, anonymous. Uh, not, well, they're all anonymous, yeah. But um, somebody said, uh, you know, uh, what is it? IT organizations need to be way more responsive to the business. That's the problem. The problem is not shadow IT. And I think that, that right there really gets to the crux of the problem is that too often IT organizations, you know, you become this big sprawling entity and you're not sitting close enough with the business. And so then you just, you know, as more and more people in the business are becoming proficient in programming themselves and knowing how to, as more, uh, cloud technologies are underpinning uh, things like Excel, you know, and spreadsheets, stuff like that. Um, it makes it more and more easier, quite frankly. Like, it would seem to me, yeah. not, not now I'm it, but, you know, having spoken to people about this myself, but, you know, it makes it now, it's making increasingly easier to kind of just kind of go lone wolf. So the stereotypical example of shadow IT is uh, trader has an issue with his trading platform, his interface, whatever. He goes to developer buddy on the side and says, hey, can you fix this? And the developer buddy says, 
hey, I get to work with the front office guys. This is a cool little project. Sure. Now, granted, I, and I used this example in the story. There are those situations where somebody in the tech department is just bored with the work they're doing and just starts doing their own skunk work project on the side. Yeah. And that's certainly an issue because if responsibilities aren't being met, that's issue. But so under the guise of the stereotypical shadow IT, you're exactly right. And that quote's exactly right. It is a product of the IT department not being close enough and not having a good enough understanding of the issues that the front office is facing. As you were going through this, you know, because one thing it would seem to me is as things like open source technologies become more prevalent, and as I was saying before, as, you know, even just everyday technologies that me and you might use are now cloud enabled, um, you know, whether through your Google Docs, you know, Microsoft, uh, you know, Azure and the Microsoft uh, uh, suite of solutions whatever have you like that, and as more people become programmers, how do you kind of see maybe the evolution of shadow IT? Because obviously, before it used to be much more, I would imagine, this sure. is me hypothetically saying, I would imagine that before it was much more about, um, like I said, the, the, the traditional man, uh, director guy says, listen, I need you to create this for me, they do it. Now you're, I would imagine there's a little bit more of a fuzzy blending of I'm going to do a little bit on my own. I might ask an IT guy for a little bit of help, but you know maybe he can help me oversee a hurdle, something like that. But now you can also just go online and really be able to search and find um, ways, sidesteps, ways around it. You know, if you go on to message boards, stuff like that. So I think that you know with prevalence of cloud and with open source, that these might create more challenges for firms to rain in and contain shadow it's, IT? It's a gray area and it's only getting grayer. You're exactly right. The shadow, the, the open source aspect isn't something I touched on in the story, but it's an interesting topic and an interesting concept because you're right now it's free. This software is free. We can just look at it and implement it and kind of toy with it. So that's kind of its, its own beast. I, I think while I think the workforce in general has gotten more tech savvy, I think open source might be kind of a bridge too far for a lot of folks that aren't as tech savvy. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe you disagree. No, no, it's fine. Um, and I think that, you know, you still have to be pretty tech savvy to get involved in that world, whereas maybe coding or whatnot is a little bit different now. Cloud, though, really is the big one, right? So cloud, you know, uh, one gentleman I spoke to, a C-level uh, guy, you know, basically said, you know, like, 10 years ago, you have to buy a data center. You know, like you're not gonna buy a data center now. You have an Amex card, you swipe it and you go to AWS and boom, you're up and running and you're spinning something up very quickly. Yeah. So that's the big thing. But the interesting part is, right, so we had two executives in there talking about cloud. One of them is like, this is the worst thing ever for in terms, not cloud in general, but in terms of a shadow IT perspective, this is the scariest thing ever because it makes it so easy for these folks to spin something up. And the other guy goes, this is awesome. Like, if it's not core to our structure, if it's not core to the things we do to, you know, our, our yeah. real, you know, bread and butter, then why wouldn't we spin this stuff up? And why wouldn't we involve this? So it's an, it's an interesting kind of double-sided coin in terms of, on the one hand, you have one person saying, you know, this is the worst. This is putting power in people's hands that shouldn't have it. You know, some would say maybe a little bit of a, an over-restrictive and over-protective IT manager. And on the other hand, you have a say, this is awesome. We need our people to have this, and let's spin it up, and why not? I couldn't help but, you know, there are a couple, you know, quotes in there, a couple people talking about, you know, um, one guy saying, you know, that shadow IT, it allows, you know, that, that gave an example of, you know, somebody that was going and doing their own thing, and then the managers kind of realized, hey, you're not getting your projects done. And they kind of went and saw, it's like, oh, okay, I can see the value in what you're doing. It's innovative. That works out. Okay, to me, that seems like a 1% thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm, 
you know, an old curmudgeon and stuff like that. If I give you an assignment and I'm telling you to do this, I, there's a reason why I'm giving you to do this. Like, I, it, that pissed me off. Like, I, I, I almost wanted to use the F word and be like, F you, buddy. You know, this is, uh, I don't see where you get to go and decide what is good for the company. I'm your boss. I gave you a directive. Finish the job. Maybe I'm too much of an orders follower. My well, dad's a Marine, you know, <laughs> so I don't know how to. Well, you know, even the lead, the lead of the story is an example. While he wasn't necessarily skirting his responsibilities, he was doing something behind his manager's back. The manager found out about it, wanted to get him in trouble. Turns out that it's actually really useful. Gets a raise, gets a promotion. You're right. Completely, the other example, uh, you know, completely skirting the duties, not doing it at all. And then turns around and says, well, I created this. Look at this. You know, but even the source noted that's not always the case. Sometimes it's you don't have anything to show. Either you can't get something to show in time or you did get something in time and it stinks. And then they say, "Okay, well, you're fired. You've just been wasting, you know, company money. The other funny thing is that when you have some of these developers that go into I have a a friend of mine. I wrote about this story a long time ago. I can't remember when, but he was a programmer at um, a very uh, a tier one bank um, that a uh, um, foreign bank, but that had uh, offices over here in the U.S. And you know, he's a programmer. He knows how to create things. So he, you know, he just created basically um, an Excel database for people to kind of be able to go into, share information, whatever it was. I can't remember the exactness of it. Uh, he knew he was going to be leaving. And so he says, he's like, listen, I, I intentionally made this thing complex so that they couldn't unwire this thing. Key and then man, dead men. Now, all of a sudden, after he left, they still need him to stay on as a consultancy. So he's doing his own little thing on the side and he's getting paid a consultant salary from the bank. There you go, retirement. Plan. I mean, it really is. It's a great racket, you know, when you really think about it. Um, and I think that those are things that always become, you know, that there's this kind of give and take of, yeah, it reduce in some ways it does help reduce the strain on it departments and in some ways you can create more innovative um little tools and gadgets but there are it's so easy for it to become unwieldy and i think that the other thing that maybe is going to become an interesting topic as we go forward here because really organizations are only just start if they are get got their head around cybersecurity. as more and more people are you know kind of going and doing their own thing I would imagine. I don't know if this is true. Maybe I just sound stupid on this and sound yeah, like you know, some stupid. That's true. That's a fair point. You know, maybe I'm talking about the the series of tubes on the interwebs. But um, it would seem to me that you're opening the firm up to greater um, risk of of the cybersecurity, whether it's a straight up hack or information leakage, or you're creating back doors for people to enter into, um, or after they leave, they can they, they themselves can get in. I, I wonder if those things have been fully fleshed out, um, you know, when it comes down to things like shadow IT. Yeah, that's that's an interesting perspective. I didn't, again, I didn't get into the cybersecurity angle, but that's certainly something to look into. I mean, the the, the biggest issue that you know the, you know, what someone could say, what a C level executive could say, reading my story is, yeah, sure, Dan, it looks all you know, sunshine and rainbows when you talk about how great shadow IT is, but. To your point about what your friend did, you know, when that tech person leaves because the front office person he was working with leaves for another bank and says, I'm going to bring this guy because he's been hooking me up the whole time. So I want to implement him in the new place, which uh, I've been told by sources happens all the time. Like these front office guys leave for another bank and they will bring their tech, you know, sidekick with them who will gladly leave because they'll probably get a promotion and he'll get to keep doing the work. One day when I become big time, Dan, don't worry, I'll take you. You can ride my coattails. I can ride your coattails. You'll take me under your wing. When that happens, firms are screwed, you know, and that's where you get this, you know, 
you know, shout out to Bill Murphy and the technical debt folks. That's when you get this technical debt. You get these legacy systems. You get these issues. Uh, the, uh, the, the cybersecurity angle is one that I did not investigate. Um, but would certainly be. I don't even know that that's something that necessarily, like I said, I'm just spitballing. Sure. I have no idea if that's a real thing, but it's something that I wonder if that's been investigated or maybe that's just something that, yeah, we're, we're too worried about our own actual platforms, IT systems, our third party vendor relationships, stuff like that to really care too much about the implication of cybersecurity on shadow IT. Maybe that's going to be a wave in future, or maybe that's just a completely stupid, uh, uh, <laughs> Let me ask you a question. I want your opinion on something. I didn't put this in the story, but you know, I asked everybody I spoke to, I said, what is your advice to a C-level executive that is getting killed by shadow IT? Like he has, he or she has lost control of their organization. <laughs> what do you, what would you, your advice be to how to handle it? So, you know, I get a lot of, and I said this in my column, which will go up uh, the same day as what, which went up today as well. Um, but you know, I said this in my column, it's a lot of BS like, oh, well, if we're transparent and if we're doing, I, I granted, I love my sources. They're awesome. Thank you for talking to me. Um, <laughs> you're but, not uh, the one he's making fun yeah, of. Yeah, right you're not there. the one yeah. I'm making fun of. It's, it's everybody else. It's but guy. when you tell me, like, oh, Shadow IT doesn't exist at our firm at all, or oh, as long oh, yeah. as we're transparent, you know, then there's no It's then like when no somebody way. says to you, oh, we don't have a, a competitor in the market. Our product is a one of a kind. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure it is. <laughs> you know, it's, it's there. Whether you like to admit it or not, it's there. It might be in a small firm. Like, it might be a small amount. Certainly, a vendor, a startup isn't going to have a ton of, of IT, of Shadow IT, but. It's going to be there, you know. The whole point of Shadow IT is you don't know it. But a uh, question I wanted to ask you was, so uh, one of the gentlemen said that I spoke to, he said his advice would be to basically make a, um, uh, say that there is a, uh, uh, when you can't get in trouble for something, I'm losing my train of thought, a uh, uh, immunity, immunity. Yeah. offer immunity to everybody in the firm yeah. and say, if you're working on a Shadow IT project, come forward and he said unless you know it's something like you're running a, a legal gambling website off of a cloud platform within the database <laughs> unless you're doing that tell us why you did it right and explain why and then you have a better understanding of why shadow IC exists blah 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 blah. if you were running let's say you're running a medium scale right yeah. so it's not super tiny it's not super big it's not super illegal but it's something that is pretty in in, in involved in deep in the infrastructure if you were that IT, would you go forward if he offered immunity? Would you nah, believe him? Would you go not. forward? No, nah, you gotta find me, baby. Catch me if you can. <laughs> Kidding me? That's I'm what not I raising thought. my hand. When I'm I heard not that, my hand. Yeah, when I heard that, I didn't want to say anything, but I'm thinking, if I'm running Shadow IT, there's no way I'm trusting yeah. you. That I also gotta imagine that everybody, it, once you get a project big enough, that there are enough people using it or something like that. If it's just me using it, then yeah, no one's gonna know. But if people are using it, then there, there will be a little bit of I already know. So you call that guy into the conference room, say, hey, buddy. Right. We kind of know something's going Well, there was kind of a quote in there. There was somebody kind of says, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. It's not quite don't ask, don't tell, but it's no, you yeah, don't it, quite want to exactly. know. Yeah, it is. You know? yeah. Let's talk about Boca. Mm -hmm. John Carlo was there. Standing ovation, I heard. Is that right? Standing ovation. Um, it was... <laughs> <laughs> people were saying after drinks and stuff like that at the end of the night you know they had some great like uh, after parties there um you know people saying there was an actual energy in the room for a regulator <laughs> giving a speech it. you could taste it yeah um he spent the whole speech um i've liked uh christian carlo i think uh his stance especially on things like reg at and stuff like that have been point on especially when it comes to source code provisions and one thing is important to note is this wasn't him saying we're going to go and rip, repeal and replace Obamacare. So we're repealing and replacing Dodd-Frank. He never says that. He says 
listen, this isn't about just get gutting regulation. This is about finding areas where there's where there's just too much overlap, where there's too much money being spent with no real value gained, you know, stuff like that. So really taking an examination of regulation. That regulation kind of sprawled into what he called a superstructure, a regulatory superstructure. So now it's about scaling everything back, okay? Fair enough. That's great. Um, the, the, the joy that people were feeling was just, it was ridiculous. It was funny. You know, it was good. You know, and, and I can understand why. But to give a standing ovation to I just a pictured the, uh, that song, Get On Your Feet, yeah. playing as he, like, walks yeah. up. Like, if you watch Parks and Rec, Leslie knows. Is that Miami Sound song. Machine or is that uh, somebody at Gloria Stevon? Because that would be appropriate because yeah. we were I, down by him. Um, but I just picture everyone, like, dancing yeah. and, like, ripping their ties off. Like, yeah. yeah! No more regulation. Yep. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, school's out for summer. Um, so, you, oh, sorry. Well, yeah, go on. No, so... I'm going to ask you to speculate a little bit here, right? Yeah. What What are, what are you know, from what I've read, what you wrote, and what I've kind of seen, he's not going to repeal everything. He's yeah. not pulling everything out. Dodd Frank's not right? going away. It's, Much of what's in there is going to stay. It's keep it simple, stupid, right? That was yep. the term he used. Yep. How do you see this playing out? How is he going to put his mark on the, uh, you know, on the futures industry and kind of the, the industry as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I write about technology, so it is tough for me to kind of, because I haven't right. been following as of course. I'm, for something like reg, Regulation AT, Reg AT, I have a, because I've been covering the source code of it. That sure. provision's got to be dead, okay. you know, because of what he said already in the past about it. And right. there's no reason, it's him and Sharon Bowen, and he's going to be pretty clear on that this is not that something he wants, and he's the chairman. Um, and so I guess it, it will also play a little bit of, they still have to stock up, because it's just two two commissioners on there, so um, two more Republicans can be hired um, onto a commission. One one Democrat. One Democrat. Um, so from that perspective, Reg AT is. Uh, you know, I was talking with Bill Hartz from Modern Markets Initiative. He was saying that you know it doesn't mean that Reg AT is going away. There's there's a lot that the industry actually agreed on with this rule. Uh, it was a source code provision, for example, that wasn't good. It was what makes a Reg a Reg AT person an AT person um, that, that, that there was some consternation over. Those aspects could now be kind of, you know, kind of put on parallel, put sidetracked and put on the side or reworked or just gutted completely. Those aspects of it. But it doesn't mean the regulation as a whole is going away. You know, what does it mean for Volcker, stuff like that? You know, there, there's a lot of questions that are going to steamroll because also where does this SEC fall in place on some of these rules as well? Would it be fair to say that Reg AT is almost the canary in the mine shaft of the uh, Giancarlo uh, uh, tenure? So you have a regulation that was kind of pushed through by the Democrats. Now you have a Republican chairman, you know, acting chairman, soon to be likely chairman. Yeah. How is judging by how he cuts and carves this regulation and then pushes it forward if he pushes it forward at all? I think it's safe to say I think it will go forward. Maybe not in the same form, yeah. definitely not in the same yeah, form it yeah, was, yeah, yes, but yes, it yes. will go forward in some form. Is it safe to say that how he chooses to cut it and what parts he leaves will be an indication of what are his areas of focus for going forward in that in the industry? I'm, I'm not, I would, I would be, I wouldn't want to say that because I think that it will certainly be, it, it's an obvious, I think that that's a little bit too obvious. Let me put it to you this way. I think that, that the source code provision and stuff like that, with what he said, with what uh, President Trump has said, um, 
about you know the executive order saying you know you need a chief regulatory officer and we need to figure out ways of reducing regulation stuff like that that's too obvious mm-hmm. of a thing I, w- I would I think that there's probably you know you know another thing that I might, I'm, I'm gonna be looking at but uh, maybe reg NMS that one I think could be an interesting one does reg NMS now come under fire I haven't done enough research on this again technology guy you know we we, we nibble around the edges on you see the, like a 200 regulation. page regulation yeah. you're like, yeah, I'm, like oh, I'm out yeah yeah I'm when out. I see the the guys on wrist like you know uh, Pierre Mag Chris Devise guys like that going and reading these massive documents actually reading the yeah. full thing of Dodd Frank no I'll just cover technology thank you very much yeah no thanks for um thanks. so I think that Reg NMS could be an interesting one I'm sure that there are some rules on the SEC side um that will that will kind of prove to be that canary in the, the proverbial canary in the mine shaft. I would say, just looking at the whole, it's fair to say that nothing drastic is going to come down the pike for sure, as far as new regulation, right. new reporting requirements, and that there should be a breath of you know. As every the reason why people are standing up at that event, you know what? All right. Now, now, over. now we're going to be able to go it's and play over. a little bit. Let's go play. A now, is that good for the American public? <laughs> are we in a little bit of trouble going forward? We'll see. That is um, how bubbles are made. I'm let's, not 100% sure. We're running short on time here. Real quick. Give I got to go out to a meeting. So, you know, I, I said, Dad, I was like, let's crack this bad boy out. And we'll just do we'll do 20 good minutes rather than our usual 40 just long minutes. Quality, not quantity. Exactly. Uh, give us your best two, best one story from Florida, non-Boco. I mean, it could be Boca related, but non, uh, you know, I don't know if it's best. Related. You know, for me, I've, I've never been to Miami. I've been to all parts of um, Florida before. Believe it or not, though, I'd never been to Miami. So I uh, went down to South Beach. And let me tell you, you know, I, I'm 37 years old. It's not my scene, man. It's not my scene. I, I, you know, I've always heard people say, oh, my God, it's crazy down there. The people are beautiful, and the people are beautiful. Um, and it's just a big old party, and it's just loud music all the time, and everybody's just jacked up and cracked out and whatever. And... Uh, you know, and it was also spring break. Too. It was the very end of, of I think, spring break, too, because St. Paddy's Day was Friday. Yeah. So I think that a lot of people a lot were of down there spring break and stuff week. like that. Um, so it was not my idea of a place to be. Like, I'm a low-key kind of guy. I like I like a great be- – I would love to live on a beach, but I don't want anybody around me and stuff like that. Uh, so You're for cool me – cool going to a bar with no windows in the middle of summer. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why I go to the White Horse Tavern, you know, down here in the financial district. It's It can get can get popular, but at least the bartender knows me. We, car- we carve out our own little area. Miami know? Beach is – only fun if you're very very good looking and in very good shape or mm-hmm. you're very very rich you i'm neither of those, those things <laughs> and uh yeah and also, i didn't say it but yeah exactly. you, know, you have to be you, know, you have to be kind of one to go down there you know it's, it's i don't know man i the, the stuff the way that people act down there you i sound now like the old man screaming at the clouds but the way that people act down there guys and girls doesn't matter you're just like, Jesus, civilization, no, what you, the hell, man? No, you're 100% right. I went down there. I was down there for uh, for SIFMA Ops and last year, and it's a weird scene. The whole Miami Beach area. So I didn't go down to South Beach all the way down to South Beach. I was by the Fontainebleau. Yeah. But it's a weird scene. It's very – It's yeah, it's different than any other beach scene I've ever been to. I'll take a pass Yeah. next time. Uh, <laughs> anything else, Anthony? That's all I got. Well, thanks so much for listening, and be sure to tune back in next Thursday.